0: and welcome to another episode of the ath geeks podcast. I'm your host Adrian and with me today we have the laker man himself. Shamari. how you doing today, Shamari? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. A Whole lot better than the
1: Lakers. How are you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm I'm good. My team my team's on uh, my team's going the right way right now. So Yeah, blah blah good blah. <laughs> so Initial thoughts. What were your initial thoughts coming into the season? That's what I want to know first and for, foremost. Let's let's start from the beginning. Um, from
1: an from a obviously
0: hindsight is twenty twenty. From an objective standpoint,
1: though, I would say, um, I was pretty happy with like all the off season moves. Um, just because you know on paper when you sign guys like, well, obviously let's start off with the big trade, right? Russell Westbrook for. Kuzma, Trez, and uh, KCP and a first-round pick. Um, I thought that was a pretty fair trade based on what those guys were able to do last season for their respective teams. And I, as I'm sure you know, because you heard me talk about it as the season went on last year, that I was displeased with um, Dennis Schroeder's play towards the end of the season. He played really well for us in the beginning. He decided not to extend his contract. And towards the end, we kind of just flamed out. So I, just like everyone else that understands basketball, looked at Russell Westbrook as an upgrade to the point guard position. Um, Yeah, there were questions about the way he would fit alongside AD and LeBron, but no matter what, from a production value or production standpoint, that is an upgrade, right? A guy who came off average in a triple-double and helped propel Washington into the playoffs last year. Um, Losing Kuz wasn't... um, wasn't great because, you know, he's young and he can provide some spark off the bench and some good, some good scoring as we see now. But I was OK. Um I was OK with letting KCP go. And, you know, I was thankful for all that they did for our 2020 championship run. But I thought that move was great. Um, any any move where I feel like the team got better, even though the games are not played on paper, I'm cool with. Uh, we picked up Melo. Who is a veteran scorer? Yeah, he's a defensive liability, always has been. But if you come in for a certain job and you do that job, then that's all that matters. We picked up Kendrick Nunn, but obviously the man hasn't played. I'm convinced that he has more than a bone bruise. It is what it is. Um, and we picked up a, cu- a couple other key guys. Um, an extended THT, who's you know a young promising player. So I was cool. I, I my expectations were we can make another title run. No, there's no guarantee that we win. The West is stronger, just like the East is stronger. Teams are getting better. Teams are younger. The game changes. But as long as you still have LeBron James and AD and competent role players, then why not expect, you know, a potential championship? Um, So going into the season, I was pretty optimistic, more so than, you know, thinking that we were going to be worse, for sure.
0: Yes, and I know another thing you have had complaints with is your team's defense. And I know that mm-hmm. basketball reference and all the the numbers show that y'all are a middle-of-the-peg defensive team. But like, we're much
1: worse. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah. <laughs> Jose,
0: as you've said, multiple mm-hmm. times you feel your team is much, much worse than – than what's been advertised. With this, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about this LeBron being center lately, too? Is LeBron at five for the defensive Mm -hmm. aspect of the team? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, how far do you think y'all can go with continuously running this lineup right here with him playing the big? Well, right now, we don't have much of
1: a choice just because we literally only have one actual center on our team, and that's Dwight Howard. And, you know, even though Dwight Howard is, um, you know, still decent um, and he can still give you something, um, You know, he he's an old man. And I don't mean that literally, but obviously, you know, he's been in the league for some time now He's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. He can't run up and down the court all day with these athletic teams, even if the teams are tall, you know, even if they have height. So, and, you know, Frank Vogel has been really iffy with his lineups anyway. Um, And he's kind of had certain players in the doghouse for, you know, uh, certain stretches. But like Dwight Howard is our only center, even with AD healthy AD we already know is a four, but yes, he can and does run the five when needed. Um, So I'm okay with LeBron running the five, but I also understand based on the matchup, based on the teams we play, when it's going to work and when it's not going to work. So we're really thin at the five. So we don't have much of a choice. Obviously, when we go up against teams that don't like having big guys on the floor for very long stretches then it works for us. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. LeBron is a guy, even at this age and this stage in his career, you know, when he gives the effort in a one-on-one matchup, not too many guys are going to score on him on a consistent basis. But that's not the way NBA basketball is played. It's not about ISO ball all day or, you know, getting back down and no one helps. You know what I'm saying? There's rotations. There's schemes. So when it works, it's cool. But when it doesn't, it is what it is. Um, I I can't be too frustrated at it because we don't have any really any other options like we could start Dwight Howard every game but then there's literally no other like big that comes off that bench you know what I'm saying like then what we're gonna have Carmelo come off the bench around the five and then LeBron gets arrested or something or Dwight Howard gets in foul trouble we have no options and that kind of speaks to just how the roster was built obviously we let go of DeAndre Jordan a few weeks ago and but I mean, you don't just keep a guy just because he has hype, right? If he's literally useless to you and he does nothing for you, and the numbers show that he is more of a, of an, uh, you know, an enigma, or he's more of a negative asset on the court, or a liability, I should say, then bye bye. You know what I'm saying? So we don't have much of a choice. I don't mind the small ball because a lot of teams run it. But I mean, what else can we do? You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's not much more you can do past that. Um, if the I was watching I was watching a video earlier today from Thinking Basketball. They do a lot of breakdowns and everything from different players. And they were they were breaking down LeBron. I was watching them break down LeBron at mm-hmm. the center position and they were talking about like how offensively how dominant it should be but mm-hmm. how there's been stretches where it wasn't. Like they were showing like breakdowns where it's like he he has the open, he has an open man right beside him but mm-hmm. Because the defense is all point, the center's brought out on guarding him and everything, but the Mm. open person right beside him on the wing is THT. Mm -hmm. They show nine times Mm. out of ten, they were showing it. LeBron wasn't making that pass to THT. He was making that skip pass, and whether Mm. it went to Reeves or somebody Mm -hmm. else, he was like, I'm going to find the better shooter. Correct. It was just blowing my mind that how crowded the paint was. But mm-hmm. how effective that five, him playing at the five offensively still works because the center is outside the paint and he mm-hmm. can make the right read regardless of like people were like, you know, most players gonna see, oh, T's is right beside me. Let me just throw it to him right there. But LeBron mm-hmm. was like, no, I'm gonna throw it to this guy. They yeah. get an open shot, whether they make or miss, you live with the result. Yeah, it, it was just showing the how dominant that offensive lineup can be. But what, yeah. what do you what do you think the main reason of after like watching those break, I was like, "Yeah, there's no reason the Lakers shouldn't be just running the floor with and y'all like fourth and pace too, like yeah, in the NBA." Yeah, so yeah. what is what do you think the reason is for your offense not to be performing like it should be? Well, Especially, like, last night with the Raptors, like what happened there? Yeah. Like, that's all I want to know. Yeah. Um,
1: so our offense, both our offense and our defense, is pretty abysmal this year uh, relative relative to standards. Um, But I'm actually I don't actually get as frustrated with our offense when I watch the games as I do our defense. And I guess part of it is just like kind of like bias and, you know, okay well, Anthony Davis is out. And even when Anthony Davis was playing, we still had real sketchy moments. But like, I don't know, man, this team, you know, this team's got some guys that can go get buckets. But like, it seems like I've been spending like the last 10 years being a Laker fan and just having. Real inconsistent shooting from the three-point line, and while the game of basketball obviously is always going to be three levels of scoring, um, it, I just I always feel like opponents don't respect us from the three-point line, and they're willing to make uh, decisions where they're going to leave a guy like THC kind of open, and THC because that not only do they know that percentage-wise he won't knock them down, but also tendencies THC's going to put that ball on the floor and drive to the rack because his his You know, Forte is getting to the rim, you know, Um, and so they kind of know that LeBron is looking for the guy in the corner or he's going to drive. And he's looking for the guy on the wing before he just decides to kick and move. You know what I'm saying? Like I kind of instead of having a fluid motion offense, it's sort of just like LeBron's going to essentially dribble over half of the shot clock out. The guys are going to run around. No hard screens are being set. And if Russ is on the floor, as long as Russ is on the floor, that defender that's on Russ is essentially an extra defender. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously Russ is struggling himself finishing at the rim, so they can live with him driving, but they can definitely live with him shooting. So, I mean, and LeBron, like you said, LeBron will still make the great play because he's just that cerebral at the game of basketball. But then it's like, we we ain't knocking down the shots half the time, and then... In transition, that's where teams kill us. Because, you know, LeBron, I mean, you can see it. And it's kind of, it's happening more and more now as he's getting older. But, like, his body language is, like, showing, like, if we're not showing any type of consistency on offense, he's not fucking running back on defense and wasting his fucking breath. And I know it's a piss-poor attitude, but I kind of understand it. And I'm not just defending him, but it's just, like, it affects the entire team, you know? So, I think our offensive rating is, like, 24th in the league, 25th in the league, something like that. Um and certain nights, I'm, I look at this team, I'm like, we're truly the worst team in the league, and I don't even mean that, like, I don't, I'm not even exaggerating, like, I don't even put any, like, hyperbole on it. We look like a team that literally has no direction. We're just out there because we're there to fill the schedule, and then and for me, the good times for this team happen on a quarterly basis as opposed to a game basis, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I have yet to see a full a great game from the Lakers team in full. There's there's always a breakdown somewhere, whether we start the games really piss poorly and then we kind of make it close, you know, toward the end of the uh, first half, or it's bad all around, and then we try to make a run in the fourth quarter, but, like, we can't break that 10-point lead. So, it, it you know, offensively, as long as LeBron James is kind of forced to take things over, it's not really going to work out because... Frank Vogel was extremely limited offensively, even with assistants like Phil Handy, um, Fisdale. I mean, those guys, Phil Handy is more of a development guy. Fisdale, you know, we we know his record uh, when it comes to coaching. Those aren't guys that are going to step in and put in the right place. And I, we just really don't have the right personnel. I mean, you know, this year so far, I've been really pleased with Austin Reeves. But he's a rookie, you know. He's got a lot to show. He's got a lot to prove. Malik Monk, I, you know, you know me. I love Malik Monk since he was in fucking high school down near. Um, so he's doing what he's supposed to do. Carmelo Anthony is a is a shot maker, but it's just the offense is not fluid, you know. And even when AD was healthy, you know, going all the way back to two seasons ago, we don't run pick and roll like that. It, 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 I don't know. It's just the offense with Le- LeBron is arguably the greatest playmaker that's not a point guard. But we still need a point guard. You know what I'm saying? And yep. even though Russ is someone who is extremely productive, and I think even this year only averaging seven assists, he's still top 15 in the league or something, top 20 in the league in assists. He's not that He's not the, that point guard playmaker guy. You know, I don't know. It's just it's hard to watch. And at this point, um, I try not to get myself too worked up. But it's it looks like a team that doesn't even belong in the NBA some nights. And I'm not even exaggerating.
0: I want to go back to when you were speaking on Russ and that defender not even really guarding him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's
1: not new, by the way. I don't even want to yeah. make it seem like all of a sudden, you know, Russ just lost everything. But it's just like this year with this offense, I guess with this coaching and these guys on the court, man, it's it's as prevalent as ever.
0: Yeah, but like the thing – the you know, I'm a big numbers guy. And everywhere yeah. else on the floor, Russ is piss poor, I will agree, like shooting wise, like he's shooting like twenty seven percent from the three. You see like yeah. you said earlier. Since he's, the he's break, the... I
1: think he's shooting like ten percent from three or something like yeah. that. <laughs> but it's the bad. thing is,
0: he is still a forty one percent corner three point shooter. He just doesn't right. shoot a lot of those. You right. You rarely see that him goes in to the coaching. corner coaching. That goes to coaching. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like he has, because like okay, he has like over like forty, fifty attempts doing this. So obviously mm-hmm. he's good enough at this to where if he's like, like you know, there's certain players like PJ Tucker and stuff. Like mm-hmm. if they're on the corner, they're money. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else, yep. like no. am like, if You're you right. see why, that he is money in this corner, and you see for his career he has been right. good in the corner, right. nowhere else. Why? Why, why would you why not? Why are him? we all not running more? To the right. corner. Do you feel like Vogel is going to keep his job, especially with coaches? Like, I mean, obviously, these coaches are like the smartest people in basketball. They know way more than you and I. Mm-hmm. But when we're looking at the numbers and we're like, okay, but this says X, Y, and Z. Why mm-hmm. are you not using them in a situation like X, Y, and Z? Why are you using them in these different ways if you know Smart. that that's not how their game works? Right. Um, As far as Lolo keeping his job, no, I don't believe he'll keep
1: his job. I don't know when he'll be let go, but I feel like he will at some point. Um, And this is just speculation, right? I can't, I can't confirm. No one can confirm, but I just feel like those guys in the locker room at this point, they know that he's not really worth jack shit offensively. So they kind of have to improvise, but this year and this performance, Um, and us being 10 games under 500, they've just had enough of it. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's kind of reared its ugly head. And I think he'll be gone by the time, not by the time the season's done, but once we're in the off season, I'm pretty sure we'll get the news. Um, but you're absolutely right. And I mean, again, I'm not one of those people, you know, the jokes are cool. The jokes are funny. Everyone gets joked on. Russ is having a really uh, tough year, but you're, you as a coach are supposed to do your homework. Right. Literally, you're supposed to go and look at the scouting report, go look at film, see where a player is uh, at his strongest, see where a player is at his weakest and just adjust and adapt based on your matchups for the night. Um, You know, like you said, if Russ is money or much better in the corner than on the wing, then Vogel is responsible for drawing the plays where Russ can run around off ball and get free in the corner. Right. And then when you realize that this doesn't work, you move on. If it does work, just keep trying. it. Um, you know, but this has been Vogel's issue since he came into the into the franchise. Um, I wasn't a fan of the hire initially. I wasn't all the way mad at it, but I looked at it like, all right, well, Frank Vogel was good with the Pacers. But the Pacers had an incredibly solid team from performance level to just chemistry. They played well. They played really good defense and they fed off their defense. And when we won our championship in 2020 in the bubble, we won mainly because our offense was created through our defense. And obviously defense starts from effort. Defense is less technical than offense is. It's really how hard the players want to go out there and play. Um, But we were able to create turnovers and we killed teams in transition. Obviously, AD and LeBron played out of their minds in the bubble. That always helps. That's always necessary from your stars. But our defense was incredible. As much as I got on guys like Danny Green, um, you know, or whoever else, or even out of Caruso when he couldn't knock down shots, those guys were out there giving their best defensively. and We were able to create offense this year. Guys are lackluster. We don't have the actual roster. We don't have the wings to go out there and play hard defense for 40 minutes or even 30 minutes, you know? We've got these old fools like Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley, who's damaged goods as much as I like Avery Bradley. He's damaged goods. Like you, and Vogel keeps playing him, you know? And, again, our roster is thin. There ain't, there ain't much to choose from. I completely get that. So I give Vogel the benefit of the doubt there. But sometimes, like – I, I'm watching the game, and I'm not a coach. I'm not a head coach. I don't get paid the big bucks. He does. But I, I'm only am wondering, like, yo, what are you watching? What are you looking at? You know, you can't just watch the fire burn down. Figure out how to put out the fire. That's just – even even if you think this season is a wash, find something, you know. But there's, there's different factors. It ain't simply Russ because, obviously, that was our bigger acquisition in the summer. It ain't simply Vogel's coaching, and it ain't simply – Rob Palenka's uh, construction of this roster is all three combined, you know? And then, obviously, injuries, which are expected with a guy like AD and LeBron at this age, and COVID early in the year, you know?
0: Yeah, Um. I've, what do you feel about with the LeBron part when people are talking about that LeBron has basically given up on this season. He knows the season's a chalk. He knows the season's a mm-hmm. L. So he's just aiming for the scoring title so that when cuz you know, like what we said like like history gets lost. History gets lost. Mm-hmm. Like 10, 15, 20 years from now when we look back on this laker year, we're not going to be like, "Oh, well they struggle with COVID. They struggle with injuries. No one's going to remember that because you mm-hmm. look back in times like that. Even when um the Lakers lost James Worthy back then, and nobody cares about them losing James Worthy in the finals. Mm-hmm. No one yeah. cares about that. Everybody's like, they yeah. lost. That's all that people were mm-hmm. – people were going to take a look at this season. They're like, they lost, but they're going to say LeBron didn't have enough help. LeBron led the league in scoring, so how come yeah. they lost? It must have been X, Y, Z. Look at everybody's numbers. They're just going to look at everybody's numbers, and they're just – this season basically going to get lost in history because they're just going to be like, hey – LeBron did what he was supposed to. Nobody else did. And how do you feel about that? Because I've been seeing a lot of people talk Mm -hmm. about that. I've seen a lot of these other analysts and everybody talk about it and say, hey, I think that's what he's aiming for. He knows in the future that people are going to forget. And then he can take the blame off of himself. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I I don't
1: disagree that LeBron is obviously chasing records. I mean, because statistics, it's only part of it. But statistics is like the only tangible part, right? Like, we I mean, you can watch – film but like when you go back and watch film you know 20 30 years from now you're really going to be watching highlight reels. you're not going to be watching the entire game it's kind of like how kids do today with michael jordan um but uh lebron just like any nba superstar you know steph curry any any guy in history is prisoners of their own greatness right so you do things so well that when things start to look rough whether it's you individually or you're the team that you're on it's like people's got, people have short-term memory loss, right? It's like we live in this microwave era, social media era, you know, 30-second clip era. Like, that's just what it is. You're, you, you're love today, hated tomorrow. You're great today, piss poor tomorrow. Um, you know, no matter, regardless of how this season goes, you know, it doesn't really do anything for LeBron's legacy as a player. You know, he's already cemented that. Now it's just a numbers game. But I do – I mean, I, I'm, I would agree that he probably had – that mentality had set in that the season is a wash. Um, that was probably the sentiment maybe even before the All-Star break. I mean, obviously, things can change after the break. But, I mean, LeBron is so, like I said, cerebral and intelligent when it comes to just basketball. I'm pretty sure, like, when he – there had to have been some point early on in the season where he was thinking to himself, this, this dude Vogel, he ain't going to change. Nothing's going to change. And maybe he felt the same way about Russ. Russ is struggling. He's got some type of psychological block, some type of mental uh, issue, not like actual mental issue, but like something's going on mentally to where he has psyched himself out of, you know, how he normally plays Um, because his touch isn't there. Let's forget about the jump shooting. We know Russ has never been a great jump shooter, but he's struggling at the rim. You know, um, obviously he's older. He doesn't have the same exact explosiveness, but he still got that quick first step. But when he gets to the rim, he either gets blocked because he doesn't have the same amount of lift, or he just can't make the layup. So I think LeBron has probably said to himself early on um, that it's it, this is done for. Maybe once uh, AD rolled his ankle really badly, he said, "All right, yeah, this is a wrap." Um, but I mean, what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to choose to, you know, shut shut himself down? I mean, obviously at 37 years old, he should not. You know, be playing 35 plus minutes every single night, especially when the game's already closing. But he's still going to go out there and play basketball, right? This is a game of basketball. Um, everything else is, you know, I guess subjective. Everything else is for people to just debate and talk about, but he's going to go out there and play basketball. I mean, if he's supposed to not score, he's supposed to not continue to, you know, I guess quote unquote stat pad. I mean, that's just what he's going to do. You know, even if, even if we were in a position to, to win, even if we were in a position to, have a decent seating in the playoffs or actually be in the playoffs, he'd still be doing the same thing, you know? So, I mean, if people are complaining about it, then it's just something – they're just complaining just to complain. If they're concerned about him continuing to play, I understand it. But come on, man. Professionals are going to play unless they have an injury that they have to uh, monitor, you know? And obviously LeBron has had to monitor his knee a little bit this year in terms of usage. But, I mean, I – He's going to play. That's just
0: yeah, what it is. I, I think the, the whole narrative behind the stat padding, it differs depending on the player. Mm-hmm. Like the game last night, Cat, the, the game was over. Mm-hmm. Pop pulled his players. He was like, no, yeah. we're, no. He pulled He's pulled yeah. everybody. They put the end of the rotation mm-hmm. they guys. Yeah, they, they had Cat out there yeah. still jacking up. He jacked up like three straight shots trying to yeah. get 60, and he missed yeah. his first two, and he was trying mm-hmm. to get 60. And then yeah. the third one he hit, he got 60, and then, mm-hmm. he, then they called a timeout, and they brought him out. But yeah. no one says anything wrong about that. No one says, oh, right. cat stat pad, and he's going to use the bench. And like the everybody's right. just like, oh, that's amazing. He went out there and got 60. we mm-hmm. got to take the game tonight right now. The Nets are up on the Magic oh, by Kyrie. 30. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kyrie got 45. They're mm-hmm. up by 30, and Kyrie's still in the game.
1: Because he's probably That's trying to get 50 yeah. <laughs> or 60.
0: Like, well, yeah.
1: not, maybe not him necessarily, but the coach knows what's up, and it's good for viewership, right? It's mm-hmm. a business
0: at the end of the day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to sit there and be like, oh, well, yeah. why is Kyrie playing? It's like like, right. well, no one cares because they're like, okay, go. But because, right. yeah, it's kind of just the, the thing with LeBron because mm-hmm. he's so hated and everything. Against, against
1: the Warriors, right, when he had 56, that was a closer game. So mm-hmm. it kind of made sense, obviously, that he had the hot hand. So let's let's try to seal it. Against the Wizards, once we were up by 10, he could have came out the game, you know. Um, But he wanted to get his, you know, his is 50 so i mean it it, that's just what it is league-wide but obviously the bigger you are and again that's that's what i that's what i meant when i was like prisoner of your own greatness it's like you're you're loved and lauded for your performances but maybe not equally but there's always going to be that section of people that are just like you know well this is unnecessary you're a showboating you're a show out you're a show off you know like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just that—that's just part of the game. It's just part of athletics and and being great, regardless. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, people love to call Russell Westbrook a stat pattern. You know, they did it all those years in OKC when he was averaging a triple double, won his MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know, Katie left and they were no longer the top team in the, in the West. But I mean, what is a player supposed to do? Is he supposed to consciously slow down in order for the naysayers to not have something negative to say?
0: Yeah, just play. No. Am I supposed to play bad or yeah. not? Like, play your game. 100%. If my coach,
1: Yeah, if my coach is not going to take me out the game um, when the game is essentially over, I'm still going to play. I mean, you should always still be conscious of not overexerting yourself and for your health, but still play. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if uh, the opposing team is not guarding you or
0: can't guard you that night, then... Do your thing. What are you supposed yeah, that's to do? Not, that's, not, that's not your – that's never uh, – yeah, that's always a negative, too. They're like, okay, why are you beating them while they're down? These are pros. Mm-hmm. This isn't This isn't rec league. This isn't elementary kids. If they can't guard me, then that's on them. You, if yeah. you don't try to turn this and be like, well, you're wrong for scoring knowing they can't guard you, instead of it being like, why can't y'all guard him? right like like that that's how y'all are professional athletes y'all should figure out how to stop him I know y'all can't stop great players when great players get cooking mm-hmm. great players get cooking and you just like okay well you gotta find a way to get it out of his hands get like contain him do something yeah. to where he's not the one taking over and there's one last thing I want to talk to you before we get out of here um the last thing I want to discuss is Russ Russ has that obviously has that forty seven million dollar player mm-hmm. option coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's opting into that, or do you think because, especially with how everything's gone with him with Laker Nation, his family obviously doesn't rock with the Lakers. They don't like Los Angeles. They don't like the fans and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't. He's not okay with his role. He wants a bigger role. Do you mm-hmm. see him taking that forty-seven million and dealing with this for another year, or do you mm-hmm. think him see him opting out, getting a smaller deal? Because you know this, he's never going to get paid this much money again. Mm-hmm. And then just going to get a bigger role, like on like the Magic or something. Right. Well, you just said it.
1: He'll he'll never see this type of money again. And that's not a slight. That's just, you know, the reality. But I mean, just because he's been going through it this season, his performance is down. He's been dealing with hecklers. He's been dealing with people, you know, uh, allegedly DMing his family members, you know, death threats and just stupid, idiotic messages. Russ is not an idiot. Russ is, (laughs) Russ is going to opt in and he should opt in. Um, And then if he wants out, just go through your agent and request a trade. And not that the trade will happen because obviously that's a huge amount of money that another team will have to give him. However, he is on his last deal. So depending on what maybe the uh, rest of the league or any other teams that the Lakers discuss trade talks with for Russ, uh, If they're able to fish out draft picks and just gut the Lakers even further, then who knows? He might get his wish, but he should opt in. I mean, again, I, no one knows what his mental uh, state is right now with all of the things that have gone on this season and all the media just bashing him, all the fans on social media bashing him. But I'm pretty sure Russ is not at a point where he just is not willing to deal with L.A., Um and just leave forty seven million on the table,
0: you know. Yeah, leaving Uh, forty seven million—that's kind of he can pull. He
1: can pull a John Wall and just say, you know what, I'm hurt, (laughs) or uh, I just I'm not playing, you know. Um, we deal with fines and all that, but still get them the bulk of his money. Uh, I don't think he'll he'll do that. I think he's too professional to do that. Um, but he'll opt in. He'll opt in. Uh, there's no way that he just leave that type of money because the thing is, if, if he decides to opt out and then take a, a smaller deal somewhere else, we're talking like, like I couldn't even put it in percentages. Like He would lose a ridiculous amount um, yeah. relative to the $47 million that he's, he's owed. He's not signing year. more than like a $14, like 10, <laughs> $15 million He yeah, I was might get lucky if he gets 10 years somewhere. Just yeah. because, again, where, where you go next in free agency, your value is based on what teams saw yeah. in the previous year. And this well, has been a really think bad know, like, year. Like
0: OKC and do it like OKC. They have they have plenty of cap. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I feel but like still, they'd be like, they, hey, they, you they come back just, here. And we'll pay you fifteen. There you go. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. But it would probably be like a smaller deal. And then the thing is, once as a player, once you get to a point in your career where you're no longer signing long term deals. Uh, unless you're just unless you're only open to short term deals, once you get to that point where teams are only looking to sign you for a year and a player option or a year and a team option or just one year, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like inconsistency just in life, period. You know what I'm saying? And and now you're you're the guy that becomes extremely uh, tradable, um, extremely expendable. And that's the last thing I think someone like Russ wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Is go to go somewhere in free agency that's only willing to offer him a year or two, and then oh, boom, middle of the season he gets traded somewhere else. He's in Sacramento or something. You know what I'm saying? So I think he opts in. I think he assesses the situation. Obviously, you know he's gonna always take care of his family and his, his wife and kids. Um, I think he should opt in. You know, we made the trade for him. We gotta deal with that. We'll we'll pay him, but I think. Um, you know, we'll just have to figure out a way to unload uh, that that last year.
0: Okay, so if you can't get rid of it, so if he does opt out, what what do you think the Lakers' plans are? And what do you think the Lakers' plans are if he opts in? And we'll end with this.
1: Um, Well, if he opts in, then Rob Palenka has to go to the drawing board and he has to kind of get on the horn and see, see what's out there and see if there are any takers, any takers, and just discuss with them and see – what would be viable uh, for a trade? Um, Again, we don't have much. Uh, As far as young assets, obviously there's THT. Austin Reeves is probably someone that we would not want to let go, but who knows? If we had to, we might might just pull the trigger. And then as far as draft picks, we can only trade the 2027 first-round pick because the 24 and 25 picks, uh, either one of those can go to the Pelicans, but we have to wait to see which one they choose. Because, you know, the stipend rule doesn't allow you to trade back to back first rounders or whatever. So we can't trade those yet. We can only trade the 2027 first round pick. So 2027 doesn't really look that enticing to a lot of teams if they're looking to, you know, juice their roster up right now. Um, so if he opts out, uh, I'm sorry, if he opts in, we just got to deal with it. Regroup a lot of these other guys on the roster are on one year deals. So Rob Palinga got to just go back to the drawing board and and, and get some younger guys, some wings, some guys that'll give a little bit more effort defensively. Uh, If he opts out, then I mean, I guess we got a little bit of room to play with as far as camp, but not much. And I think we're still dealing with luxury tax issues. Um, But hey, at least Russ is off the team and we no longer have to deal with that enigma. And, you know, he probably goes, like you said, back to OKC or just somewhere else where he's not as much uh,
0: in the limelight. And... He performs better, so. Hmm. So, there you have it. You heard uh, a Lakers perspective, just like when we brought Spin on to hear a Wizards perspective. Next time we're gonna oh, have one more person in here for a Warriors perspective, and then we Don't still hear to- about the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know the best thing about the when we talked about the Wizards was when they were on their hot streak and then Mm. they went downhill after he had Mm -hmm. his episode. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Oh well, now not too much anymore.
1: (laughs) Well maybe this will be reverse
0: and uh (laughs) <laughs> the Lakers get
1: better, but there's only like 20 games left in the year, so yeah, so. <laughs> we're down for <laughs> yeah,
0: good luck. I mean, y'all in the plane right now. Y'all going against the Pelicans, and then y'all will see the Suns first round again. So the thing I is, though, the plane is not guaranteed
1: go. with us because I don't know if you looked at it right. We so we're 10 games under 500 after losing our last game, and obviously the Blazers and Pelicans being terrible um, are you know don't help our chances of missing, but. Um, the Pelicans have been better since the all-star break. And the Blazers are like that annoying team that won't go away. Cause they're like their roster is meant for them to lose, you know, after they traded away Norman Powell, CJ, you know what I'm saying? And they obviously the likes of Anthony Simons and just whoever is going out there and winning games. So, you know, Lakers might if the Lakers make it into the plane, it's just all luck it's just by chance <laughs> it's not because we attempted to stay there um yep. you know and then if we play in the play where we're we would probably end up being the 10th seed because i, I predict the pelicans they overtake us and we may end up losing them it it's just one game and then we got to play again to get the to get in the eighth spot so i i honestly call me a pessimist but i i'm i hope we don't make the the plan because i mean for what you know i mean i'm you, not I don't
0: gain anything from not making it either though
1: you're right we don't gain anything but it's just like i don't know i guess because i feel like if we make the plan we don't all of a sudden just flip a switch and play hard nose playoff basketball i feel like we make the plan and we just shit the bed and then it just looks even worse you know what i'm saying even with a, even if ad comes back but
0: Yeah, even when AD come back, it just be tough because it's like, okay, we beat the Pelicans, now we got to go play either the Clippers or the Timberwolves, and neither one of those is gonna be a fun game.
1: Right, right. So So. it's just, and then, and if we happen to make the AC, we got to play the Suns again. Come on, no thank you. We just saw what happened to us against the Suns, and they don't even have Chris Paul. So no no, thank you, no thank you.
0: Yeah, but. I appreciate you coming on again. Get sure, this Lakers perspective. But, you Thank know, you for having <laughs> man. Of course, of course, of course. As we always, we go, we're going to bring you back in a, you know, a, a, a after March Madness. He knows that's oh, going yeah. to start hitting those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got, got to do our drive. Yeah. We're going to start you. getting those. <laughs> Jaden <and laughs> <getting and laughs> Ivy season. <laughs> right, <sir>. Okay. I've been seeing a lot of him at seven, so we'll, 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 we'll discuss Ooh, it when no. it's time. He's going to be top four. I, I'm telling the latest one I saw because I'll be looking at that Chad Four one the latest one I saw, mm-hmm. they had him at 7
1: Look, so, however
0: you want to rank them but Kyle Ford, Jabari,
1: Chet Paolo and Jaden Ivy as it stands right now obviously March Madness changes things but those
0: yeah. are the top four talents right now mm-hmm. so yep, we'll <laughs> leave that for right now as we always for say sure. here always, always, always respect women, but most yep. importantly remember to respect yourself and we are.